0: Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean Jacques Taylor, were two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 340, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled, if not entertained. A lot to dive into. We got some NFL thoughts. We'll jump around there. Got some stuff, uh, some fun little things to throw out for you in the block, but it doesn't happen without our great sponsors, and that's why we always tell you about Greening Law, because they continue to help make this podcast possible, and not just that, but they can help you. They've helped me. I was hurt in a car accident. If you were hurt in a car accident, if you've experienced malpractice or injured on the premises of a business, you need a lawyer like Robert Greening and his green team guiding you through what is a really convoluted process with insurance companies who do not want to help you. You need somebody that can go to battle for you against them to get the help and to get what you need
1: dude i mean that's the whole reason you ride with somebody like the green team and what we tell you all the time is if you're involved in an accident whether it's with an 18 wheel whether it's another car you know if you're involved in an accident at a business an apartment complex anywhere it's do yourself a favor take your time and pick up the phone and call greening law y'all should know the number by now 972-934-8900 give them your situation say here's what's going on with me what do you guys think and if they bring you on as a client i'm telling you matt is telling you it's been your great your great day and here's why they grind for you they work for you they don't get paid unless you get paid and as matt has told you they walk
0: you through the entire process it's like paint by numbers it is they do a very good job of doing that and it's easy because the consultation is free 972-934-8900. It's 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greenan. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So as we get rolling here on the podcast today, got a couple of things to throw out there. And I, I thought this was interesting. You kind of phrased it in a we choose who we kill type phrase. And I thought that was an interesting way to put it. And it is kind of fascinating because you look at, and this kind of goes back to the Joseph Asai thing, of what happened and the way that they some people reacted to him, and then you see certain things around the league, the way that Dak had played at times and how pissed off people seemed to get. Then you look at a Josh Allen, who had a horrible postseason. You look at a Joe Burrow who threw a couple of picks in the AFC Championship game, and yet nobody's pointing fingers or having any doubts whatsoever about those guys.
1: No, it's just—I uh, mean, it's really as we like to say—it's uh, part of the course. It's what happens, which is when people think that you're when people think that you're good. Okay, so we all think that um, Joe Burrow is good, and he is. But when we think he's good then we give you a pass if you play poorly. It's somebody else's fault. It's not your fault because why, Matt? You're good. Um, or, you know, you know. and so I think, I think a lot of that is what, because Joe Burrow, 26 of 41, 270 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. What else would we say? Well, he got sacked five times, dog. He's under a lot of pressure. I mean, what do you want him to do, bro? Uh, Matt? I mean, come on, dog. Yeah. But that's because it's Joe Burrow. Um, you know, Dak Prescott did not have a good game. He did not play well at all. Who was he playing against, Matt? The number one scoring defense in the league and the, and the number one total defense in the league, San Francisco, uh, which had a week off to get ready for him. And so, yes, he should have played better. He could have played better. But it's not like he's playing a bunch of bombs you know and uh so i mean you know it's 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 just the way it works and as long as you understand it's the way it works you can just shake your head and just be like it's just interesting who we who we choose to give a pass to and who we don't because josh allen 25 of 42 264 with uh an interception (laughs) he was only sacked once now the weather conditions were miserable but uh, they didn't stop Joe Burrow from playing pretty good Well, yeah. uh, in that particular game. So, you know, um, now those guys are both more talented than Dak. Um, and they've, they've had, you know, Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl. Dak went to the, I mean, uh, Josh Allen went to the AFC Championship game. Uh, Dak doesn't have anything remotely close to either one of those things on his resume. So you got to take it. But, again, it's just interesting how we play this game.
0: It is, and, and I brought that up before. You know, you look at Josh Allen, 4-4 four and four all-time in the playoffs, going into his sixth year next year when the big money kicks in for him. And everybody just flocks to Josh Allen about this great quarterback who it's going to be really interesting to see if he can get over that hump because he's gone to the AFC title game once, and that was back in 2020. They've lost in the division around each of the last two years, and he hasn't been able to get back over that hump. And now the big money kicks in. And we've talked about this, and people bring this up all the time. You can't win a Super Bowl with a big money quarterback. And it's interesting because, last, well, not last year, it would have been 2020. In 2020, when Tom Brady won the Super Bowl with Tampa, his first year there, he became the highest paid quarterback in the cap era of the NFL to win a Super Bowl. He had a $25 million cap hit and was taking up 12.6% of the cap, which is the highest cap percentage to ever win a Super Bowl. What's interesting is only two quarterbacks ever taking up over 15% of the cap have ever made it to a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning was taken up 18.8% in 09 when they lost to the Saints. And Matt Ryan was at 15.3% in 2016 when they lost to the Patriots. Well, I present to you Eagles and Chiefs. Because Patrick Mahomes has a cap hit of about 38 or 35.8 million dollars this year and is taking up a little over 17% of the cap. So if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes will shatter the limit for the highest paid highest cap percentage of a Super Bowl winning quarterback that we've ever seen. And I asked you, I said is that just an outlier or is this new trend coming? And I said, well, I mean, if if he wins, then it's a one guy sample size and you got to think it's Pat Mahomes. It's a colossal outlier based on the history of what we have seen. Because quite honestly, if you take away Tom Brady from most of these Super Bowl matchups, then you are looking at most years where one or both of the quarterbacks is costing a fraction of the cap. I mean, you can, you can go through it Go to last year. Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl, but had a $20 million cap hit because of the way they structured that deal with the Rams. Well, the other Super Bowl quarterback last year was Burrow on a rookie contract. Go to 2020 when Tom Brady was making $25 million, which, by the way, is is cheaper than anybody would have anticipated. The other quarterback in that game, Pat Mahomes, had a 2.7% cap hit same in 2019 with Pat Mahomes going up against Jared uh, Jimmy Garoppolo when Garoppolo was making 20 million, 10% of the cap. You know, and you go through all these recent years, the last time we saw a Super Bowl in which both quarterbacks were over 8% of the cap was that Matt Ryan Super Bowl when Tom Brady was the other quarterback with an 8% cap hit. So I mean, you I mean, go through the list of Super Bowls and You know, if you are trying to paint the picture of how do we find ourselves in the Super Bowl, well, unless you've got a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, up until now a Pat Mahomes, and and it may be unless you have a Pat Mahomes, you may not be able to do it unless you've got one of those guys, unless you've got a rookie year type deal quarterback.
1: Well, see, I think that's that's the way it's going to work, and that's the way the game is going to play itself out. And, um, you know, here's what I mean is the thing that makes Pat Mahomes special is what? That he can take these anonymous guys and make them stars because he is the ultimate, you know, cheat code. Mm. Uh, Same thing that you did, that you had with with Aaron Rodgers, but he couldn't get it done in the Super Bowls. Same thing with Brett Favre. I mean, with uh, Brett, uh, with Drew Brees, and the same thing with Tom Brady. Those guys, you didn't have to spend a lot of money on other places on offense because you had the ultimate cheat code. So, unless you got other guys who can be cheat codes, you got to spend money on receivers and money on talent to get them there. And I think that's how you end up with, well, nobody can win it because your quarterback is costing so much. It's not just that, it's that you also got to pay all these other guys to make them successful,
0: if all that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And that's why this will be really interesting because you've got potentially a, another all-time type level quarterback in Pat Mahomes going up against a guy on his rookie deal. And that's why with the Bills, going back to the beginning of this conversation with Josh Allen, what if Josh Allen isn't in an all-time elite level quarterback? He's just on that level below it. Maybe he's on the level of very good. Then can you win with the quarterback like that if that quarterback all of a sudden is going to jump up and take up the amount of money that, high paid quarterbacks take up. Because Allen really uh, to me is the next like like a Burrow, you kind of wonder what's going to happen when Cincinnati has to start paying some of those guys. We're finding out that Mahomes is that dude, regardless of how much you're going to have to pay him, that you can lose a Tyree kill and Mahomes can still get you to a Super Bowl. But I don't know how many quarterbacks in the NFL, and we kind of mentioned this the other day of Mahomes being on his own level. How many quarterbacks in the NFL could you take away their number one wide receiver and a guy like Tyree Kill and that and that offense and that team can still function at a high level.
1: Well, here's what's funny, dog. Yeah, well, Amari Cooper is not to that level. No, and that, uh, it, but the,
0: that, that's part of it. Like, like take take Jamar Chase away from Joe Burrow. Is T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd enough?
1: Yeah. See, I don't think so. Because I saw
0: Chase do some amazing things the other day. <laughs> Right. And so, you know, I, that kind of goes back to the point that you were making about Dak is Amari Cooper wasn't even on the Tyreek Hill level. And when you took away a guy like that, you saw what Dak has kind of become.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, man, it, the thing about Dak is I want to see next year because this year was such an outlier. He didn't look yeah. anything like himself that I need to see if this is the new Dak or if this was truly an outlier. And uh, we're not going to know until we see it and we see how the offense is revamped and what talent they bring in. But it's all very interesting uh, right now as as we try to to put it all together.
0: And so that moves us over to talking about Dak. And and is it going to be Mike McCarthy calling the plays? Are they going to have an offensive coordinator? How is this going to work for the progression of Dak? Well, we do know now that Kellen Moore is going to be the new offensive coordinator over in the AFC for the Los Angeles Chargers. And you and I both, we were talking about this and we're like, well, that's fitting because the Chargers are the Cowboys of the AFC. And it's wild when you look at this because this is a Chargers team. You know, Phillip Rivers was there for years and years. I think Phillip Rivers and Tony Romo got a lot of comparisons. Now, Phillip Rivers did get to an AFC title game. But this is a franchise. Since they got blown off the field in Super Bowl 29 in the 94 season against the 49ers, they have won five playoff games since 1994 and have appeared in one conference championship game. Since 1994? Correct. Wow. Only five playoff games, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Seems it seems like they've been better than that. Right? It, it seems like they've been better than that, but. They haven't. <laughs> and that was one of those things, you know, when they had Phillip Rivers, they made the playoffs a handful of times. But other than the 07 season, when they lost to the Patriots in the AFC title game, they won two playoff games that year. You know, they, they're a Cowboys-type franchise where they would have a really good year. The year that Landanian won the MVP, they go 14-2, and losing the divisional round. They then go 13-3 in 2009 Lose at home in the divisional round. Stop me when this sounds familiar. (laughs) They go 12 and 4 in 2018, win a road playoff game, and then lose to the Patriots in the divisional round. I mean, it's, you know, they lost in the divisional round in 2013 to the Broncos. It was one of those teams that, much like the Cowboys, outside of 07, they have not been able to really do anything and, and show anything to get past that hump in the divisional round.
1: No, and uh, so we think that that Brandon Staley
0: and uh, Kellen Moore are going to get get it done, huh? Is that what we're thinking? That, that somehow Kellen Moore has got something that can help Justin Herbert's development for a team that went ten and seven this year and lost on the road Jacksonville in that wild card round when they were up what was it uh, 27, 27 nothing? to nothing yeah
1: yeah that was a that was what we call a bad L. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I could see that one coming, because even though they were up twenty, the NFL is weird to me. Even though they were up twenty-seven to nothing, the score really should have been more like thirty-five to nothing. And you're really not going to come back from thirty-five to nothing. But as strange as it sounds, twenty-seven to nothing, you don't need nearly as much things to go right for you for you to have hope. Like twenty-seven fourteen, and boom, just like that, you got hope. Yeah. Like, well, damn, dog, all we need is a stop and. We're within a touchdown. A stop of the score, we're within a touchdown, and somehow we're back in the game. Right. 35 uh, nothing. you need – you got to go a long way before you have hope. Um, so, I mean, that's why that game changed to me. The hope factor came back way too quickly for Jacksonville, and uh, that's why they were able to come back. Now, that being said, uh, the Chargers are always an interesting team. It always starts with a quarterback, and uh, you got to hurry up and win with him.
0: Justin Herbert, because it's just about time him to get paid, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, because he is, I mean, he's right with those other guys, you know, when you right. look at where Herbert's at, this will, he's going into year four. And once he gets paid, we're going to have the same conversation about him, bro. Yeah, because then do you have the money that it, it takes to keep some of those guys that they've had, you know, over the years, like the Keenan Allens and the Mike Williams, the Derwin James on defense, and, and, and those level of guys, and then... You know, it's kind of like like the Chargers and the Cowboys are similar in a sense of where it always feels like okay, like they had Philip Rivers for a while, who's a real he he and, and Tony Romo to me are very similar players. Where right. you, you had Philip Rivers for a while, who yes, as I mentioned, did get you where Romo never got the Cowboys, but at the same time, you had a fourteen and, and two season, you had a thirteen and three season. You had an 11 and 5 season with Phillip Rivers there. You had another season where they went 12 and 4 back in 2018, and you got nothing to show for it. Nothing. You didn't even make it to a Super Bowl in any of those years. You played in one conference title game. I mean, you go back to 2018 It's a classic example of why this is so Cowboys familiar. Yeah, because 14 and 2 team. Jeez, yeah, man. I mean, you're fourteen and two, and you've got the NFL MVP and Ladainian Tomlinson, and you can't get to an AFC title game. In 2018, they go twelve and four. You got Philip Rivers on your team, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen. They had three first-team All Pros, and and losing the divisional round. Good lord. I mean that that's one of those things. For whatever reason, they have not been able to figure it out, which is why they've cycled through. I mean, they they went with Norv Turner for a while, couldn't figure it out. Then it was Mike McCoy for a handful of years, and Anthony Lynn got four or five years, and now Brandon Staley is trying to figure it out.
1: Man, I didn't I didn't realize they went fourteen and two and didn't get it done. That is Cowboys like, I mean, yeah, that's supposed to vault you into the championship game because you got the bye, you got the worst opponent. Just go win the game. Genius.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, that that team was a team that had Antonio Gates, obviously a tight end. Sean Merriman, back when he was good. You know, Phillip Rivers, at the very beginning of his career, they had multiple, I think they had something like 10 or 11 pro bowlers on that team. home field advantage throughout. You're 14-2, and, and you lose to the Patriots by three in the divisional round. And you're Whoa. done.
1: <laughs> it happens quickly.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's... Hey, thanks for playing. That was a Chargers team, by the way, that finished the season winning 10 consecutive games. Jeez. <laughs> they were 4-2 and two and finished 14-2 and two and lose their first playoff game at home to the Patriots. Bro. And then they lost to the Patriots,
1: which is probably the worst possible matchup to be it. Right, and, and then... 14-2 Brady
0: and Belichick. And think about that. I mean, if you're, if you're that version of the Colts, because that was year one for Norv Turner, you, or I guess the next year was year one. That was the last year of Marty Schottenheimer. That's why they got rid of him, because he couldn't get over the hump. So you bring in Norv Turner, you go to the AFC title game the next year, you're like, all right, here we go. And then you haven't been back since. 15, 15 years, and think of some of the players that have played and have come through Los Angeles with the Chargers, some of the really damn good players that they have. You know, Khalil Mack plays for them now.
1: Yeah, no, they've got talent, man. They've always had talent. They just can't get it get it cranked up in the right spot. Uh, but they got a lot of toys for uh, Keller Moore to play with. It's a good opportunity for him. It's just a matter of whether he can can help them elevate before he gets terminated.
0: Yeah, but before he gets terminated. I like how you put that one out there.
1: It'll be interesting,
0: well, man. I mean, they've got they've got better wide receivers than the Cowboys do because they got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer, who is either a second or a third year guy this past year. You've got Austin Eckler, who is like a Tony Pollard type dude at running back, with Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller hanging around. They've got a decent offensive line, and then obviously, you know, we named some of those guys, and this isn't his forte. But on the flip side, with the defense, with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and Derwin James, I mean, you've got a legit all-pro caliber dude at each level of your defense.
1: I mean, they've got talent, bro. (laughs) The question is, the problem is, they play in the division with Pat Mahomes. Yep. And now they also play in a conference where it seems like all the young gun quarterbacks are. Whether it's Joe Burrow, whether it's Josh Allen whether it's Pat Mahomes, who's still a young guy, Lamar Jackson's over there. Uh, dude, you know, Deshaun Watson had a horrible year, but I expect him to be a heck of a lot better next year and be much more likely to Deshaun Watson we've been watching. Uh, dude, it's just, it's uh, whew, It's hard to win over there.
0: Yeah, now what happens if Tom Brady is like, eh, I think I'd like to reunite with Josh McDaniels and go to the Raiders with Devontae Adams and then Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Sean Payton now is in your division. Maybe he figures out right. Russell Wilson.
1: Now that that thing makes more sense to me. I don't think Tom Brady got nothing left, so I don't care if you're If I was if I was the rest of the AFC West, I'd be like, "Oh, you you want to reunite Tom and Josh? Go for it. Be happy to see that." Forty
0: six year old uh, Tom Brady. I'll take my chances. So we'll see, but it, it's it's going to be interesting, and it, it for Kellen Moore for the Chargers. But man, when you start really looking at the Chargers, a very similar. Especially in the last 25 years, very similar to what the Cowboys have done. Hell yeah. You know what's very similar to beef jerky is Bill Tong? Hell yeah, it is. But, but much like the Cowboys, I would argue they're slightly better than the Chargers, personally. And Bill Tong is better than beef jerky. And it ain't just slightly better than beef jerky. It's way better than beef jerky. Yeah, it is because it's more succulent. It's more savory. It's more tender. It's bruised Biltong. That's where you want to get it from is b r u s b i l t o n g B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G.com. And enjoy this, man. It's a super healthy snack. It's lean, 30 grams of protein in a two-ounce serving, 240 calories, no sugar, no artificial ingredients, And if you are a beef jerky lover, I've said this before, and it's true. Once you start eating Biltong, you cannot go back to beef jerky. It's impossible.
1: No, it's uh, trust me. It's it just doesn't work out like that because it's so much better. Uh, They're similar, but different. And the thing about Biltong, man, it's 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 a great snack because it's got that high protein, 30 grams of protein and two and a half ounce pouch. It's only got 230 calories. So it's a great snack. Um, It is the perfect snack, bro. And it's succulent, it's savory, it's juicy, it's tender. It doesn't matter whether you get the slab slab that you can kind of slice and dice how you want to or you get the slice that you just kind of toss it in your mouth.
0: It's all magnificent with a chef kiss. BruiseBiltong.com. Jump online, order it now. Use the promo code JAM15 at checkout. You get 15% off your order at BruiseBiltong.com. We're also made possible by our good buddy, JR, and his fantastic crew at Freeway Tire Shop. Tires, mechanical work, oil changes, anything you need with your car, they're going to take care of you. And there's the two things that stick out the most about JR. One, you can trust his work, and two, the customer service. Those are two things that I think most of us, when we go to a mechanic, we're like, I don't know if I, I feel weird about this dude, and man, the customer service here, they don't even care about me. They will blow your mind at freeway tire shop
1: Nah, man it's too, freeway tire shop and jr they're just fantastic man because just like your doctor you need somebody you can trust you won't be taking your car to the mechanic wondering are they trying to get over are they doing everything they're supposed to do are they trying to job me are they using reusing parts that they really take the parts out and put up. i mean you just don't even want to deal with that man and so the way you don't deal with that is you go ride with jr he's uh, right up the street from downtown five minutes north on 35 you get off at commonwealth stay on the service road he's right there on the right soon as you pass the light and all you got to do is when you get there say hey i'm hearing this i think this and he takes care of the rest and here's what i'm talking about you can trust him number one to diagnose what the hell is wrong with my car number two you can trust him to use quality parts which not everybody does then you can trust him they charge you a fair price, and you can trust them to stand behind you his work. If your mechanic ain't doing that, tell him, "Love you, bro" or "Bro, it." But I got to go up to Jr. because the Jam Session crew told me that's how they roll. That's all you got to do. And then once you get there, tell them that your boys from Jam Session sent you. And hey, the rest is uh, the rest is the rest is gravy
0: after that. That's exactly right. That's why you can check it out. Make it easy on yourself at freewaytireshop.com. So we're gonna chat with Todd Archer, our ESPN Cowboys insider, here in a bit. But I a couple things to bring up. First, you guys in DFW, as all of you in the DFW area are well aware of, are experiencing what seems like it happens like like once every other year, sometimes maybe every year, but maybe not that often. A complete shutdown of the city because of the amount of snow and ice that is hitting. I know you're stuck inside. And it's weird because generally speaking, where I live in Birmingham, because we're slightly further north than DFW is, usually in Birmingham, it's about uh, eh, about 10 degrees cooler than it is in Dallas. Not today. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you guys are experiencing freezing cold temperatures of snow and ice. And for us, it is like in the eh, probably about 50 something right now, like in the low 50s. But what's right. wild about this is the system that's going through Dallas is going to continue to go north and it's hitting Memphis and is going to go just north and it'll hit like far north Alabama and Nashville, which is in Tennessee. And I won't get to experience any of that here in Birmingham, but you guys are experience because you were telling me this like, man, it was sleeting. And next thing you know, it was thunder and lightning and all this. The rare phenomenon known as thundersnow or thundersleet yeah, what the hell is it? Because you seem like you knew something about it. Well, that's because I had seen it earlier. I saw Delkas put it up on Twitter, and I was like, what in the world? And it's something because, generally speaking, when temperatures are like this and it snows or sleets, the, from what I understand, the way that thunderstorms for, form, which are tall vertical systems, are very rare to produce sleet and snow. But for whatever reason, in North Texas, sometimes the conditions are right for that. So you get below freezing temperatures and you get thunder and lightning. But instead of rain, it's obviously, as all of you are experiencing, you're getting snow and ice. I just took it as a sign that the apocalypse was coming. (laughs)
1: Maybe it is. (laughs) Dude, I mean, I've never I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, I was tripping, bro.
0: Yeah. And it's pretty nuts, man, because apparently, I mean, many people are going to be listening to this on Wednesday and a lot of schools are closed tomorrow as well on Wednesday and North Texas is under a winter storm warning through Thursday morning. Yeah. Well, I did what, uh, what any good father would do because
1: you know, these are, um, basically when I saw the weather coming yesterday, you know, my son's in North Texas. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, Hey, he was a good mood. Hey, they just canceled classes. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm like, well, check this out, bro. You got two choices. If you wanna to come to Dallas, leave now. If you and this is my son now, he's nineteen. Yeah. As if you're gonna fuck around and hang out and we'll do whatever you're doing for a couple of hours, then just stay in Denton. But if you leave now, you can you can make it, it's no problem. Roads are fine. And uh he said, Oh. Cause I was telling him, man, because again, he hadn't driven in a lot of ice. I'm yeah. like, dude, and he's got a challenger. I'm like, dude. You could be driving on ice, and you can wreck that thing, and it'd be nobody's fault. It's just life on ice, and uh, somebody else can run into you. You can slide. Yeah, I said it just ain't worth it. So figure out in the next, you know, ten fifteen minutes what you're doing. I said if it was me, man, I'd stay on campus because you to have a lot more fun being locked no, up. Oh no doubt, yeah. In the in the dorms with no class and no responsibility than you are if you come home. So. Needless to say, he thought about it. He's like, I think I'll stay here.
0: Yeah, that's the way to do it.
1: So I texted him later. I said, what you doing? Uh, playing Madden, and then we're going to play pool, and then we're going to eat, and then repeat it. I said, oh, see, I told you. you you'd make a much better choice.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's rough for DFW, and it's something to be cautious of because, again, it's supposed to last until Thursday morning now, so Wednesday is going to be a beating. Some areas have gotten two inches of sleet. That's dude. That's the thing that bugged me.
1: It was this thunder sleet. I was like, man, at that point, the temperature is like
0: 27. I'm like,
1: all this rain, all it's going to do is just freeze.
0: Yep. And, And, you know, they try to salt and sand and get out there and do what they can. But it's always the same thing. What always blows my mind is how many people just try to get out and about anyway. And as of the 12 hours, and again, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So this was from just after midnight until right around noon today in, in Dallas on Tuesday. Dallas fire crews responded to over 300 motor vehicle crashes, right, in, in 12 hours because people are just getting out. They like, oh, go, uh, "Whoa, it's icy out here." Matter of fact, they uh, they quit. They said quit calling in yeah i mean why would you like hey guys we can only do so much you're the morons that got out now i get it some people apps you literally absolutely have to right and i understand that but there there are people that just get out and go ah work said i could work from home today but i'm gonna try to make it in no why like they said stay at home that you can work from home today that it's cool well i just like going in and then you cause a wreck way to go (laughs) I never got that, man. I mean, if work tells you, especially in conditions like this, if they're telling you, hey, you can work from home, stay home. Yeah, put your ego to the side and just chill. Yeah, there's no reason to even mess with that, man. So I'm sure kids love it because they're out of school and they're stuck playing and doing all that type of stuff, but it can be a beating to deal with that, which is interesting because I was looking at the forecast. Now, I will say last year in Birmingham, it snowed in April, so... Who knows what the next couple of months will will hold for us all? But for us here in Alabama, like I was looking at the extended forecast for the first couple of weeks of February, and, and we're not supposed to get anything like that. But you never know. I mean, you're really not out of it. I know in Texas, it generally is around like like St. Patrick's Day. You know, like you get to mid March, and then anything after that, you're like, yeah it starts warming up, and you're feeling springish. And Birmingham's you're about right. two weeks behind that. Like once you get to April, you're usually pretty good that's why it was so weird last year like early early april we got a weird snowstorm that dropped a couple of inches and the next day it was gone it was so strange damn so we'll see the other thing i was curious because obviously you get groceries but do you do you go to the store to get groceries define store like kroger
1: tom thumb that kind of store yeah, just
0: a grocery store whatever
1: or as opposed to what having them shipped to my house yes you know, bro, I've always been weird about that. I'm starting to get less weird about it. But the answer is no. I still go to the store, but I, I typically do it on my, my deal. But I'm, I'm starting to, to not be – I'm starting to open my mind to that other possibility. White, have you done it lately? Because I have friends who swear by it. Dude, I got
0: to tell you that – What's I, the charge? What's the fee? If I don't know. So here's the thing. So there are no Kroger's in this area yet. There's a Kroger warehouse. So they offer shipping. Right. And so your first three are free. So we did three with Kroger and they shipped them to our house. It was fantastic. No problems whatsoever. And we didn't have to worry about going to the store, which is awesome. So then we started looking at Walmart and I'll I'll say this. I can't stand Walmart. I never want to go inside of a Walmart. I can't stand them.
1: What's wrong with Walmart, man?
0: Man, Walmart people no. are just, they're they are weird.
1: we are talking about the people who shop at
0: Walmart? Yeah. we are talking about the people who Both. work at Walmart? Both, man. Okay. They never want to help you. They never, like, it's just I, the whole situation in Walmart. I'm just like, my, every time I go in there, I'm like, man. Why? Exactly. And I worked at okay. Walmart in high school for two weeks. All right, all right, all right. And that turned, a, that I'm kind more, of turned me off to that. I'm more of a Target guy. So oh, I'm, everybody. I
1: was, I was I was just really curious why you... Because Target so is a little so bit more bougie. I don't know what it so is. But that, would, that would be
0: why I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, that might be it where I'm like, I'd rather pay a few extra dollars to go to Target than have to deal with the crap at Walmart. Okay, but I digress. So, but we discovered that Walmart delivers, and I don't know what the subscription is, or like, it, like if you have a Walmart membership, whatever that means, then delivery is free. We've been using Walmart delivery. I'm like my, Like this is, I'm on, man. I haven't been to the grocery store to get groceries in like three months. Oh, you've been doing this for many. And it is now. There have been times where they substituted something. And I will say, this is something about the lady that is a very good, high quality trait of hers. She, like, if it's me, when we order groceries or something and we order a certain kind of almonds and they just substitute it, even though we put no substitutes. I'm like, oh, whatever. At least we got almonds. She's like, no, that's not what we ordered. And she'll take the time to go through and notify them. Our order was incorrect. And we said no substitutions. So they refund you the money for the almonds and then they ship the, the almonds you were supposed to get to you.
1: Oh, okay. See, I like that. I but like she that. takes the we're time to go through
0: all like that, that. And make sure everything's right and, and fix the orders and stuff, which I would never do, which I think is fantastic. Oh, no, that's something I would do. Yeah, see, and, and so because she does that, like, we make sure we get all of our stuff and then she'll find stuff and be like, well, we ordered this and didn't get it or whatever and they refund it to you and stuff. And it's been... I mean, with Walmart, we've been like we could put it in an order right now for Walmart and get it like within the next four hours. Wow! And they pretty, yeah. they bring it to our door and drop it off at our front door, and I just open the front door and bring it inside. It's not bad, bro. You're 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 selling me a little bit. I'm telling you, man. I think you ought to give it because I like I don't like going to the grocery store. Now maybe that's part of the problem is that I, I don't mind it. I like going to the grocery store. And uh, part of it, yeah, part of it for me is. I get so, there's just too many people that have no clue that other humans exist. (laughs) And I seem like I run into them all the time in the grocery store where, you know, it's the person who pushes their cart down the middle of the aisle and you come up and you're like, excuse me. And they look at you and I just look at them and I go, weird, huh? Other people in the world. (laughs) And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, I bet. Or the person like the other day I stopped at Publix to grab because they do uh, buy one, get one on Waterloo sometimes. So I'll go stock up. So I got like enough Waterloo to still check out in the 10 items or less line. And the dude in front of me, I counted him, had 27 items. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, not quite 10 items, huh? And he just what looks at say? me. He didn't he say, didn't say anything. anything. He just looked at me. And I'm like, I asked the, I'm like, what are, why, why do you have a lane that says 10 items or less if you're going to allow people with 27 items to check out?
1: And there was no answer to that. Right.
0: And and they're like, well, you know, like, I'm just I'm like, I'm no, not mad. like, I'm not mad at you or anything. I'm just curious because you should take the sign down and then we can all go to whatever lane we want to.
1: Yeah. Because people in, in service positions are generally non-confrontational and they don't, they're just like, I just work here. So I mean, if you're an asshole and you just want to come down then fine.
0: See, and, that, and that's the thing then, because like those lanes are designed for people who are like, all right, hey, I just had to run in and grab a couple things. I'm popping in and out versus the person right. who's actually shopping. Right. And, and t- I, I mean, you know, the customer is always right. Oh, OK, well, I have one hundred and forty eight thousand items. Can I check out in the ten items or less lane? <laughs> hey, I don't want to no. pay five ninety nine for this. I'm going to here's three bucks for it. Well, that's not how much it costs. Well, so what that dude went in the ten items or less line with twenty seven thousand items, bro. I'm just saying, like I see stuff like that, and that's how my brain works. And you know how I am; it goes back to the "you're not better than me" bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ain't mad at you now. Or I'm like, hey, guy, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on here, but this isn't how we're doing this. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, there is. I'm telling you, the Walmart grocery delivery, however it operates or however it works, I mean, it 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 works, man. And if you have to pay, I know, like Target will do it. But I think it's like a, it's either a certain fee a month or you can sign up for a year. But then I, I sit here and I balance it out. I'm like, OK, well, we don't have to go. It, like there's zero time for us. There's zero gas. I don't have to deal with the any of this stuff. They just bring it to my door. And it's great. I mean, all these companies, like if you get something that is smashed or not fresh or wasn't exactly what you were supposed to get, you can just take a picture and let them know and they will reimburse you. So you might want to give it a try.
1: All right. I will. Uh, you know what, man? I'm going to give it a try sometime in the next uh, two weeks.
0: Just give it a try. See how your first experience goes.
2: All
1: right. Well, that's, uh, that's what I said. We'll, we'll just see how it goes. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. You know, because generally speaking, most people order basically the same t- basically the same thing every time you go to the store.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, you know what, man, I'm not I'm not really tripping because what do I do this with from time to time? I do this with Costco from time to time. Yeah. And it shows up at my it takes them a little while longer. But I'm not doing fresh stuff. I'm doing, you know, Yeah, and it just makes it easy. Yeah, stuff that they sent to me in a couple of days.
0: Just makes it easy for everybody involved, man. It's the way to go. So just a thought, just something to pass on out there to everybody. If you haven't tried it, and I know some people, especially a produce, are like, oh, I got to touch it. I have to touch it and see it. My thing is, if you can bring it to me, then I'm good. I am all about not leaving my house in my old age. (laughs) I don't know. There's some truth to that, man. If it's not going out to do something that I really enjoy, then I, if you can, like, I don't enjoy grocery shop shopping, so if you can bring it to me, by all means. Yeah, bring it to me. Bring it to me. If if I don't have to go somewhere to do a chore and you can bring the chore to me, then that just, it helps to ease, ease my life a little <laughs> bit. And I, I like ease. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like ease? That's how it is, man. So... Hopefully, everybody will enjoy that. So before we get into Todd Archer, let's tell you again, and and, uh, you got to get your order in for this. Our friends over at Smokey John's Barbecue, they've got the big game pack. It's coming up February 12th is all you know, so you got a little under two weeks to get this going. But man, this big game pack for $149.95, you get a half gallon of their brisket queso, four pounds of wings. 20 hot links and they throw in the bread, the chips, the Smokey John's barbecue sauce. They've got all that. And if you want to get that and then add on some other stuff, they're doing some stuff with their brisket and their sausage and things like that as well that you can add on. So check out Smokey John's barbecue, the big game pack, order it now to get it in time for your, your watching parties. You can give them a call at 214-352-2752 or check them out online or as Jacques can tell you, man, you feel free to go get the jam session bowl.
1: <laughs> no, man, because the jam session bowl is righteous, as we say. It's that combination of a, a mac and cheese or, or a uh, mashed potato base. And then, man, your choice of two out of five smoked meats. Now, y'all know I roll with the brisket and the sausage 99% of the time. Although I did throw chicken in there once. Um, and then, man, they put all the stuff you find on the loaded baked potato on there chives and bacon bits butter sour cream it's fantastic they drizzle it with that sauce man whoo it's uh it's to live for uh now it does you can you can eat that with somebody you don't have to eat it all yourself although you can Uh, if you got a kid that's uh, probably not older than about six the three y'all can eat it if it's just the two of y'all i guarantee you, you won't finish it all it'll be some leftovers it's fantastic but uh just ask for it, man. It's not a secret menu. You're not going to find it. Just say, hey, Jam Session Bowl. What's, what's up with that?
0: Yeah, make it happen. It's Smokey John's Barbecue right over there off Mockingbird. Or You can check them out online at SmokeyJohns.com. Also made possible by HFX Foundation Solutions. and I mean, all the crazy weather that North Texas experience in harsher forms than you experience in other areas of the country it just jacks up your foundation. And HFX Foundation Solutions can take care of all that for you. The drainage problems you may be having, gutter installations and all those types of things. If you're seeing cracks or sticking doors or soil washout, pick up the phone and give Aaron and his guys a call at HFX at 817-770-0174. It's a free, no-obligation inspection. Could save you thousands down the road. The thing
1: about HFX, man, is they give you the peace of mind that comes from knowing your house is good. here's what I'm talking about. You know, we joke around. and We call it a colonoscopy for your crib. But we do that because, you know, you get a colonoscopy to make sure that everything's good on the inside, internally. Same thing with your house. It looks great on the outside. When you're living in it, it looks fantastic. But you don't know what's going on where you can't see hfx solves that problem man they come out there they take a look at it and they give you that peace of mind that you want so give aaron and his team a call and say hey come get my crib a colonoscopy they'll start laughing they'll know exactly what you're talking about
0: and they'll come hook you up hfx foundation solutions you can find out more information and see what they're all about right there online at hfxfoundation.com Let's check in with our ESPN NFL Nation Cowboys reporter, Todd Archer, joining us. And, and Todd, I think last week when you guys had an opportunity to get in front of Mike McCarthy for that final press conference, there's a lot of questions pressing him about Kellen Moore. He didn't really have anything to say about him. And we find out over the weekend that that's because they're moving on from Kellen Moore. And were, were you surprised by this at all? And what do you make of the move? Uh, I, I don't know if surprised is the right word. Um, you know, b- just because
2: Mike was asked point blank, will Kellen be back? And he goes, Hey, we need time to evaluate this. Well, if you asked the question, is Dan Quinn going to be back? You would have gone to hell. yeah, Dan Quinn's going to be back. You know what I'm saying? Like, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit like when coaches say, Hey, everybody's got to compete for a starting job. Well, Dak Prescott's not competing for a starting job. Like one of those things you just kind of know. And then when Mike gave that answer, you you said, huh? All right, there's something here, and then you know you, you ask around you, you, to people uh, what they're hearing, and you know I think Kellen was ready for a new challenge. I think Kellen was ready to to find something else out if he couldn't get that head coaching job that he you know maybe his his time here had run its course under Mike, and it was ready. He was ready to move on, and it's pretty telling to me that within about 32 seconds after the Cowboys <laughs> and him announced. Uh, that they weren't, they they were mutually parting ways. He had a new job, so uh, that kind of tells you that where this thing was probably heading. Whether Kellen interviewed for the Carolina Panthers head coaching job or not. Uh,
1: so overall, what do you think about the uh, job Kellen Moore did here?
2: I think he did a good job. I, I think it's it's far too easy for people to. We've had this discussion when they look at play calls and say, "You shouldn't have called that play. It didn't work. You should have called the other play." And and then been in a situation where you know you know what I mean. I I, I think it 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 leaves itself just up for second guessing. And when you look at his numbers, it's hard to say he did he was bad. Like were there things that he could have done better? Sure, absolutely. Every coach can can say that. But I I, I looked at it like, okay, how did they do against the better defenses? And I don't know if this is the right way to do it, but I just went on points. And they had nine games last year against defense's ranked number 17 or better. So call it halfway point of the league or better. And more, let's see, nine times they scored more than the average. Hold on, let me read this over again. Nine times they scored more than or equal to the average of what those teams allowed. Like Cincinnati, they scored 20 points against Cincinnati. Won the game with a backup quarterback. Cincinnati for the season allowed 20.1 points per game. Uh, Philadelphia, you know, where were they in that list? Uh, I forget where Philly was in that list, but they scored. Uh, they were number seven in points per game. They scored 40 against them in the second one, 17, and the first one with a backup quarterback. I, I think he did a good job. And, by the way, for all the people that are going to be listening, if you want to hang the last play on Kellen Moore as what was he thinking, that was not a Kellen Moore play. That was a John Fossil play. They tried something similar at the end of the 2021 op- opener against Tampa Bay, what they called it a punt play. This was not Kellen. That was not a Kellen Moore design. So if you're going to hang all of your hatred of Kellen Moore on that last play, just know that was not his play.
0: Damn. Yeah. Okay. So So what now? McCarthy's going to call plays, which is, I remember. Is he, he, I, it, is he calling plays? Is he? That's what I thought was the assumption. I don't assumption. know. Well, yeah, that's an oh. assumption, isn't it? Well, true. I mean, to be fair, I don't know that I've seen that confirmed confirmed with a verified report by something that you have put out, but it seems to be a lot of people were alluding to that. But to your point, yeah, I don't know if he is or not. I mean, do you think that that's the plan, or are they going to try and find somebody to come in who's still a play-calling offensive coordinator?
2: I was told that it was to be determined uh, what they're going to do. Could Mike? Sure, he could, because why wouldn't that be an option? I mean, he was a play-caller in Green Bay for – almost his entire tenure up there. Um, is it a factual thing at this moment? I'll trust the people I've talked to that said, we don't know which way we're going on that one yet. So, and look, I think Brian Schottenheimer's going to end up the offensive coordinator. Um, so do you want to to me? The biggest question is what offense are they running? I don't know the answer to that one either. It's going to be Mike's offense. If it's going to be the offense that they're running, that they've run for Dak basically his his entire career, combination of both, whatever whatever you want to call it. There's a, there's a lot of questions still to be, to be answered. I don't know if Mike is the ultimate play caller at this time uh, for sure.
1: Well, see, that's, a, that's that's interesting to me from this perspective. Um, what offense are you running? Because if you're running the offense that you've been running, it seems like you should have kept killing more. <laughs> And if you, yeah. it, you know, I mean, because you know, Brian Schottenheimer doesn't do anything for me. Uh, not that, not that anybody cares. Uh, and Mike McCarthy, you know, it's okay if you want to uh, run your offense because you, you're gonna, you're the next guy to get popped if it if it don't work out. So do what you want to do and just ride with it.
2: Yeah, and, and to me, this is um is it, is it? I'm asking the question back. Is it an analogous to what Jason Garrett? at the end of his time. He wanted to call plays in that last year in 2019 with the Cowboys, and Jerry wouldn't let him. So Kellen Moore became the play caller after they got rid of Scott Linehan and they elevated Kellen to the coordinator role. Jason couldn't go down fighting his own fight, fighting his battle, and he ultimately went down after that last season. Is is Mike getting the chance to call his own shot and say, hey, if I'm going to go down, at least let me go down on my own and let me call plays and if that is the case, you'd imagine it would be for the offense that he's run the predominantly uh, uh, the West Coast scheme, how whatever version of it you want to say it is, um, and give him the best opportunity to quote fight for his job. That sounds a little. I'm um, maybe being a little over the top in the phraseology of fighting for his job, but you know you know what I'm getting at. Like because he enters the season. Really, like he did this past season, where everybody's gonna be wondering how how long he's gonna be the Cowboys' coach. Um, and now, if he's a play caller, then you know, hey, everybody can look at him and say, well, what do you, what was this? Why'd you do that? What's going on? Um, and and this is year four now. I mean, it's it's time, right? Maybe it's past time, but it's now it's now it's really time, and he gets the chance to maybe do it on his own and do it with his own offense.
0: Is that where it feels like this is headed, that this is one of those things like you kind of mentioned just then? It's year four. Get over the hump this year, we're going to move in a different direction because it's not just Kellen Moore. I mean, it's Doug Nussmeier, it's the running backs coach, the offensive lines coach. I mean, they, they made, and granted, some of those are just contracts that expired, but they chose not to bring them back. And it feels like he's really cleaning house offensively to do something differently that he wants with guys that he wants in there in a sense.
2: Yeah, and see, this is why. Like, why wouldn't you have wanted Joe Philbin in there, right? Because Joe was this guy from Hacker Time. Uh, so, uh, on some of the on the on the first six names that we heard, right? I, I think it's Mike and his answers to us last week were, were about the coaching staff was, they there's an economical com- component to this thing. So, the way I understand, Joe Philbin was among the highest paid offensive line coaches in football. Um, and, and we know for a fact that Jerry didn't want a big coaching staff. He brought up the number of assistant coaches to us out there in Oxnard to begin a training camp. So it's it compete among the highest-paid running back coaches uh, out there. Um, you, you know, I'm not going to – do you need an assistant defensive line coach and Leon Lett when Dan Quinn's specialty is a D-line and they have Aiden, Aiden Durday there as the defensive line coaches? team maybe in Jerry's mind that that was a little – over the top, that to have three people working with the offensive line. So that's, I think two things are both similar, but maybe not quite the same in, in that respect. But, you know, now we'll see, like, who do you bring in here? Okay, and we've already said Schottenheimer's going to be the O.C. We believe Schottenheimer will be the O.C. There's obviously that connection. He was at least in the building last year around the players, around the systems, around the coaches, knows, knows how this thing operates. If you are a coach coming in, and if you didn't have a job, sure, you take this one. But if you're weighing the opportunity to move somewhere else, doesn't the the long-term possibilities have to enter your mind? Is it better to stay where I am because I know I'll have a couple of years or come here where it might be a one-and-done situation? So, again, there's all these questions that have been created by the Cowboys uh, and how they're approaching this thing that lend itself to the, hey, this is it. You better you better win this year. Um part of it and then we've not even talked about the the player side of it and the personnel and free agency and who they're going to be able to keep and how they're going to be able to keep them and all that stuff so
1: um it's a it's a ice day so we got you for a minute you ain't going nowhere
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, look at that time to go wrap it up
1: (laughs) what uh matt and i were discussing this last week and I, i discussed it with a couple of my friends but uh, maybe you can shed some light. Is What does Rob Davis do? Or did he do?
2: <laughs> That's a loaded question. What did your friends say? Before I answer that question, I'd like to know what I'm walking into. <laughs> no,
1: they, they were say, they said uh, we spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. He looked like another uh, Brian Wansley that, that they didn't eat.
2: Yes. So we must have the same friends, or I know who the people (laughs) you're talking to.
1: Yes, Um, Brian Wansley is a guy who works with players. You know, just kind of, just kind of helps them with their development and stay. I don't want to say stay out of trouble, but just you know, help players navigate life. Maybe that's the best way to say
2: it. Right, Brian Wansley was part of the the for the for the public view of it. What Calvin Hill started all those years ago, right? Brian uh, did almost all of the work, but. Calvin Hill was the public face of the Cowboys player program department, but Brian was the guy. In, it. And I think there was an element of that was what Mike thought Rob Davis would be. But when he got here, they already had that guy in place. They were not going to replace him. So they came up with the assistant head coach title. Uh, was it an on-field job? I guess he helped out when they needed help. When Leon went down with a knee injury or I think it was a knee injury a couple of years ago, he helped out when a couple of coaches were sick and other sides of things. Um, but, yeah, that's the nicest way I can say that I don't know what he did either. Oh.
1: But still, so, but here's why we were talking about <laughs> it. We all know that that's Mike's boy. So for him to get gone, it's like,
2: wow, okay.
1: Or, or, or we,
2: or, well, it goes know, to the sold. 29 coaches thing, and what do you do? And when it's not really clear to the guy who's writing the checks, what do you do? then sorry, man, it didn't have to be made.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I suppose that's very true, Todd. So, you know, before we get into free agency and some of these these decisions they have to make, Dan Quinn, did that surprise you that he decided to stay with the Cowboys and, and not take a head coaching job that might have been available to him?
2: To me, it was the only job that would have been worth taking from his perspective, I would say, would have been Denver. And there's some issues, obviously, there with the with the quarterback uh whether he can get back to the level that he's played at. But the the only, you know, do you really want to go to Arizona? Do you really want to go to Indianapolis? Why not just ride it out here? You, you're play, you're paid very well to be the defensive coordinator. You have a lot of things in place. And, again, you can sit here and he can be choosy. He's already been a head coach. He's already made a, a, a lot of money as Atlanta's head coach for, for a decent amount of time, and now he's doing quite well with the Cowboys. As Mike said, he can be selective in, in his – And where he wants to go. And why go to a place that it's going to be stacked against you in a variety of ways? Now, the Denver one is a little different. But I would say his reading of the tea leaves was the Denver job was not going to be his. So that's why he kind of said, oh, I'm pulling myself out of the running. He may have had a chance at Arizona. He had a second interview there. He had a second interview in Indianapolis. But he probably just said, I kind of like this defense of Micah Parsons and DeMarcus Lawrence and Trayvon Diggs and Jaron Curse and uh, see if he get Donovan Wilson back. You know, there, there's a lot of a lot of pieces here to work with to make this team even even better than it was his first two years. So um, I think the fact that the every job there wasn't the perfect job out there for him and he can be choosy, led him back to Dallas.
1: No, I think this uh, I, you know what? I mean, I guess you got to you got to take it the first time just to make sure you get the generational money. But after that, man, you just, I think most people don't spend enough time finding the right spot and uh, you can get a second job, but you're not going to get a third one probably. So you got to, you got to make sure you go to the right spot. If it ain't right, if it ain't perfect and you're getting paid good, it I wouldn't say it shocked me. It just surprised me a little bit, but uh, you know, I, I'd be surprised that more coaches don't actually take that route down the road. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean and and it's everything if they're if you're a first time coach, you you take whatever they're giving you, right? Cuz you're going to your ego is going to tell you I'm the guy that can turn it around. When you're when you're up for a second job and you're already in a pretty good situation where where you're at, you're going to you should be a little bit more choosy and looking at every bit of the organization you're joining from ownership to the front office to the roster to the division you play in to the stadium you play in, to the facilities, all that kind of stuff, you know, has to check a box if you're in the second time around because let's be honest, all these coaches are hired to be fired. Like there's, You're never going to – you're rarely going to go somewhere a second time and say, okay, you're going to get six years to turn this thing around. No, man, you got like three. So if everything's not checking off your box, why, why take that chance when you maybe can go to another place where everything checks off the box, maybe stay at the place uh, and become the head coach um, if they if things don't go well uh, for, for the team you're on. And then, you know, then you're in a situation where you know the roster, you know the team, you, you know the front office, you know the division, da-da-da-da-da, then, you, you know, you got to be ahead of the game. But like you said, he's already – I wish I could tell you how much money he made from Arizona. Let's just say it was 30 million bucks. He already has a house in Maui. I know he's maybe still assume he has the house out there. Does he need a second one somewhere else? Like, I mean, he's doing okay.
0: (laughs) So when we get into the Cowboys and and free agency and some of these moves, and I I saw that you had posted, I guess it was yesterday, something about the salary cap, I believe, 224.8, the Cowboys being 7.4 million over, but you can restructure to get under that. I thought you brought up the interesting thing where you look at Trayvon Diggs going into the final year of his contract this year, C.D. Lamb, who they can pick up the fifth-year option on, of course. But as you pointed out, it's time to start extending some of these guys, and you got to think Diggs would be up first because he is in the last year of his contract. If if that's the case, what kind of money is is somebody like that looking at him? And do they view him as a $20 million-a-year type cornerback? It's well—
2: First off, I think they'll I think Lamb is the priority over Diggs just be just because, right? They they know I feel they know more about what C D Lamb is and what he's going to be from now and say the next five years, right? And I think with Trayvon they they're not what's the best way to say it. While they're while he had a great there are warts to his game that makes you wonder a little bit more. Uh, that being said, how did you phrase it? Like w- about the contract and the number, like twenty million a year?
0: What, did, uh, just because you look at like the top th- four or five guys in the league are all nineteen and a half, twenty million or above, and and I was just kind of right. curious how you think the Cowboys view it. Like, what level of corner is he? Because that's a significant chunk of change when you know you got Lamb coming up, and obviously Parsons in a couple of years.
2: Right, and, and some of it, it it doesn't matter what they think; it's what the market's going right. to bear. Mm-hmm. And you know that led it. That can lead you down a path of what they did with the quarterback a couple of years ago and paying him the money that that, that got. But it's going to be in that twenty million dollar plus neighborhood because that's the way this is trending. And he can statistically point at interception totals and Pro Bowls and and, the, and his level of play as reasons why he deserves to be a top one, two, three, four, five paid corner in the in the NFL. Um, But again, if, if, if you're the Cowboys and you have questions and I'm not saying they do, but if you have questions, then maybe that's the one you put on the back burner and say, you always got the franchise tag on him. You can hold off. And then with CD, if you, if you're more than willing to go out there and spend 23, 24, 25 million Mm -hmm. on a guy who showed every year incremental improvement. And this year showed he could be the number one and handle it quite well. then maybe that's the easier route to go. So, and and none of it's going to be easy. So that's why, the, you know, with, you know, we've discussed it so many times, like the, the cap is, and is not an impediment to what you want to do. It, it is because there's only a limited, uh, you have a certain amount of money you can spend and you, it's how you want to deal with the future years on contracts to create that money now and eat up future years or just kind of sit and wait. Like, that's why they, they to me the important thing is staggering these deals and finding guys and this is this is interesting. I was just thinking about this. Back in the day, this was not a problem. They were always able to sign Whitten, Terrence Newman, Demarcus Ware, Romo. They were always able to find these guys early, and the Cowboys, Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick. Um, you know, and it's changed in the last uh, whatever amount of years you want to put on it where it's been more difficult to get guys to buy in. And I don't think it's because they don't like it here. I don't think it's because the Cowboys aren't offering, uh, you know, good deals. I-, I think the players now at a point, it's like, I want everything. And if I'm not getting everything, I can just wait and I'll eventually get everything. So th- this is this is now, whereas before the Cowboys would load up deals on, cat. you'd get the cash you'd want. But the Cowboys would win the structure of the deal, so it would be a longer-term contract. Six years, seven years. Tyron's case, I think it was nine years, um, if not ten total when you added his whole thing together. So you're still being paid among the highest at your position, but you're locked in on a longer amount of time that gives the Cowboys cap flexibility. Here's the thing on on Tyron's deal, and everybody lambasted and said it was a bad deal for him. The guy's still going to walk out of here with 100 and Don't hold me to it. Hundred and fifteen million bucks. We should all be so fortunate to walk yeah. out of earn, earn one hundred and fifteen million dollars from one place.
1: Uh, what's his role next year?
2: Great question. He's in the last year of his contract. We we know the injury history. He's not played a full season since twenty fifteen. They drafted yeah, Tyler Smith to be the left tackle of the future. They like Terrence Steele as the right tackle of the now, even if he's coming back from the injury. I have a hard time thinking that they would make Tyron Smith, a swing tackle, if he comes back, he's your left tackle and you're keeping Tyler Smith at left guard, to be my guess, you have to be prepared for him to miss five games, six. At least. Like I, I don't know how many, but mm. just because that's what has happened since 2015. So my guess, and it's only a guess, is that they're going to move on. And they, I think they gain like $9.5 million in cap space um, if they were to move on. So there's a way to to get more money under the cap to main to keep your guys, um, but that again that's just a guess that's my read of it right now, and if you want to ask my read on Zeke, I think the Zeke is the is the same way. I, I think he's played his last game here uh, as well because, and I always Jock came up with this back in 2004. Um, Eddie George would take two million from the Cowboys. He wasn't going to take two million from the Titans to stay. I don't know if the Cowboys, whatever the Cowboys' number is, I don't know if that would be enough for Zeke to stay. I might be wrong, but that's just my guess. You think he get the Dez Bryant treatment? What treatment is that?
1: We don't want to embarrass <laughs> you with this low offer.
2: So I, I just yeah want to Demar- one. I, yeah okay. Oh, Demarcus Ware got the same thing when when he left after twenty thirteen season, they yeah. never made DeMarcus an offer either, because either, they don't want to insult the guy. So, yeah, I think there's an element of that uh, that, will, that could be in play. Sure. And no, I, you know, Zeke's my guy.
1: Uh, he's my Buckeye brother. Uh, but, dude, I saw it in that last game. I mean, you, you may have seen it all along, but it just was so glaring in the San Francisco game, where he took a cut, and I could have just sworn he was about to get 15 to 20. And I think he got Three or four, or something like that. Yeah. I, was, I that remember that point, run. That the, run
2: like, the run was to the towards the yeah. Cowboys sideline, right? Yeah. Yeah, and
1: that was just like, damn, that's a wrap. So you just like at,
2: it, at, it, yeah. At, at the start of the season, wrap. I thought that at the start of the season and even well into the season, I thought the Cowboys were going to do the Demarcus Lawrence trick and guarantee him some money. Um, but ultimately it's a pay cut in, in a different way of doing it and keep him around. It would have been good. And look, he still scored 12 touchdowns. He's still a, a good goal line short yard back. He converted 14 of the 17 tries he had on third and fourth and one this season. Um But at, at one point you can't have a guy with that stature in the locker room playing that role. That's just not, the way it right. goes, That's the right? That's I mean, the I, it, 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 <laughs> I mean, it, and Zeke has been terrific here. And and you know who understands the business more than probably any player? It's Zeke. Because why? He knew after his third year, he had to strike. So he held out of training camp and got his contract. He played the system perfectly. Him and his agent, Rocky Arsenal, they played the system perfectly because they knew how this was going to happen. And the Cowboys, I'll go to my dying grave on this one. They, once they p- selected him fourth overall, they had to give him a second contract. So, b- because you can't draft a guy fourth overall and say, okay, we're going to have this guy for five years and move on. No, man, those guys have to be killers of your, of your organization for well beyond a five-year run as a first-round pick using the fifth-round option. So the Cowboys thought they were being smart by going ahead and doing this kind of deal. And then getting out of the guaranteed portion of, of Zeke's contract by the time he was 28, not even by the time he was 30, when you see most running backs fall off that have carried the ball as much as, as he did in his first three seasons. So, you know, we can use the revisionist history. of You should never have done this. This is the biggest mistake. There are reasons why both sides wanted to do it the way they did it. And it worked for, for, for Zeke, obviously, and it's not worked out as well for the Cowboys.
1: <laughs> no, no, not uh, not lately, man. Do you? He's twenty seven.
2: He turns twenty eight yeah. in July.
0: Yeah, he'll so, go. I mean, he'll
2: go ahead. No, no, that, that that's all I got.
1: No, I mean, I think he'll find a spot somewhere. But he can't be the kind of role player he needs to be in Dallas. Uh, nor nor do I think would he want to be that kind of guy in Dallas. He can go be that that guy somewhere else.
2: And not then Dallas. you know, at least get- to Tony. P- yeah, that's where I was just going. That's the Pollard question. Like, okay, you're at least looking at $10 million for him because of the franchise tag. Let's say you keep Zeke. Are you really that, – so when you factor it all in, that might be – this year they were $20 million in, in running back money towards the cap. Do you really want to be that high in, in that, on that position? Probably not. So ultimately I think they would like to get a long-term deal done with Pollard and by long term, I probably mean three years. Um, and again, so structuring those contracts is a little bit harder from the cap perspective. That's why right now uh, I'm at least factoring in. When I think of it, I'm at least factoring in the the tag, which is like ten point one million this year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then you're gonna have to go get another running back in the draft anyway. So, which is why the Cowboys. You want to know who who is the legit option if certain things fell to the Cowboys. Where'd they pick last year? What number? Twenty six. Twenty something like twenty Yeah. Brees Hall was on their short list of players to take in the first round last April. The jet they got a Jets to Yeah to Iowa State. State. Yeah. Yeah. He was on their short list of players to take at twenty six if things had fallen a certain way. So they they were kind of preparing for thinking of preparing for the future as well. Now, I don't think that they didn't draft a running back after that. And, but listen, Malik Davis showed you a little bit. I'm not ready to say make the Le- Malik Davis the number two running back and you're all set. But, you know, it's not you're not at
0: zero, maybe. If that situation fell this year, because there are certain mocks that are out there and Bijan John Robinson's there at their pick this year do you think they'd consider doing something like that again in the first round and go running back?
2: I think taking a running back at 20, where are they going to be? 26, 27 again, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a hell, whole, hell of a lot different than taking a running back at four. So I can, I would, could concede if they were going to do it last year with pre Hall, yes, I would say they would do it for someone like a B. John Robinson as well. Um, doesn't mean they will. Says you know I, I I would probably put other positions of need higher than running back, but when you're picking that low in the draft, you don't you you're going with what comes to you. So, um, well, how about but this? if Bijan's yeah. there, I can see them making that making that call. Yeah, depending on what they do or don't do in free agency, yeah, I can see them going there.
1: What about if they see that would it would be interesting. It'd be like, would you keep? I guess you have to make a decision on Pollard before you make a decision on that. I can't. I don't. I can't remember what. Yeah,
2: the, the what franchise thing. tag stuff comes up. Uh, the league year starts mid March, so yeah. um, you'd make you that that decision is made a month or so ahead of ahead of time.
1: If I if I keep Pollard, I'm probably not drafting B. John Robinson. I'll go draft somebody later because uh, I'd rather have another receiver than I, than another running back. If I got mm-hmm. Pollard, what do you think, Arch?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're going to uh, shoot. I know he's seven. I'd go get Deuce Vaughn, whose dad, by the way, Chris Vaughn, is the Cowboys' assistant college uh, scouting director. Um, but, yeah, there, there's going to be options available that you can get in rounds three and four that should be able to help you uh, immediately this year with Pollard. To, to me, the, the – the, Let's say Pollard comes back from the uh, high ankle surgery fine and there's no issues with him. He carried the ball 193 times this year. That's probably his number, right? Do you really want to go to 250? I don't think so. I, I think you keep Tony right around that number. And then if you got a guy, second, third, fourth round, where was Chuba Hubbard picked by Carolina a couple of years ago? What round he going? He might've been second, but yeah. We're saying the same thing. You, you you should be able to find a running back that can come in and be a serviceable number two back right away a, as a rookie, and there'll be guys available to you there. But, again, how does it all match up? They're going to need a tight end. They're going to need corner. They're going to need receiver. They go, you always need O-line. You always need D-line. You're probably going to need some linebacker help. Um, safety, yeah, maybe you're set at safety, but you lose Donovan Wilson. Well, you're going to need some safety. So there you go. We just went through the entire, oh, what about quarterback? Everybody, we haven't touched on that one yet. Yeah, you know what? There's a quarterback there pretty early in draft. You might need to consider that one as well. So we just went through the whole roster in about 3.8 seconds and came up with needs at every single position group for a team that
0: went 12-5. and five. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Thank you. All right, so before we let you go, Todd, and, and this is just breaking news right now while we happen to be recording this, but Sean Payton is being traded they have worked out a deal between Denver and the New Orleans Saints where Denver is trading their first-round pick and next year's second-round pick for Sean Payton and a 2024 third-round pick. So I just thought I'd throw that out there and see what you guys think. Sean Payton is heading to Denver.
2: Good for Sean. He's probably getting his $20 million a year. <laughs> uh, and good for us that we don't need to deal with that silliness for another year about Sean being the Cowboys coach. So uh, I never thought it was an option here. No one wanted to believe me, um, but I'm glad it's done. And Kellen Moore uh, – no, Kellen Moore, yeah, I'll just call plays against Sean Payton's team, so.
1: <laughs> well, what do, uh, do you think Sean
2: Payton can fix Russ
1: scheme-wise
2: and get him right? Um, He better. <laughs> he had to, right? I mean, I, I, I will – he'll have the cachet to – Lean on Russell Wilson in a way Nathaniel Hackett couldn't, right? Right. Um, and so he has to get that right because that franchise is tied to that quarterback with the contract he signed last year. There's talent there. That's a, that's a that defense is talented. There's talent on that offense. Yeah, they need some help uh, in in certain spots. And the offensive line comes to mind, but um you know. This is a uh, – if you're going to get paid this kind of money, which is what we think he's getting paid, you better make it work. And and now, look – oh, gosh, I'm just rambling now. Go ahead. Sean's a very good coach. Yes. I think Sean had the benefit of great PR around him that certain things didn't stick to him, that they way, the way they stuck to Mike McCarthy winning one Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback. If you had to stack their resumes next to each other blindly didn't say who was who I bet you as many people would take McCarthy's resume over Sean's resume
0: and not even know that they did it It's hard to disagree with that when you put them side by side it's it's very for I wonder I, I just don't know what why the perception of McCarthy is what it is and the perception of Peyton is what it is I've, I've always thought that's ever since you first brought that up I, I dug into that one day and I was like man Why is it that we view Sean Payton on this level? Because I I asked a friend of mine who's a Texans fan. I said, he he asked me, he's like, would you trade a first for Sean Payton? I said, would you do it for McCarthy? And he laughed. He goes, seriously? He's like, I am serious. He's like, well, Payton's way better than McCarthy. I was like, how so? Like, why is that perception out there? I don't know. Maybe because he's on TV or something. I don't know what it is. Sean had better PR in the national media,
2: folks, over the years to prop him up as a great head coach. And Mike hasn't to a large degree. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, how else do you explain it? Uh, he, yeah. Sean had the Parcells backing, right? And, oh, if you're a Parcells guy, you, you're, you're the smartest guy in the room. Um, and, it, again, it wasn't like he was – he was he, he had an excellent run in New Orleans. But he had, he had three straight seven and nine feet. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? That team salary cap situation – not the best t- what did they do this year in the first year without him not so good um in a bad division they, they they don't have a quarterback thing figured out either so but Sean's a good coach don't get me wrong but being painted as the messiah in, in some of the ways that he was was always kind of eye-rolling to me
0: all righty well Todd Archer we appreciate it man uh, stay safe from the ice storm you guys are having
2: uh, yeah, unfortunately I've not left the house. So this thing having grown up in this kind of weather, you forget all about this kind of weather. When you get it again. <laughs> like
1: it when you when you grow up in it, you're you're prepared for it. You got all the coats, you got the, the car every the city's prepared for it, everything. When it happens here, dog, it's just a shutdown.
2: So the the best part, like, yeah, when I tell my friends that school is canceled the last few days and I can still see my grass in my backyard, they're like, You guys are soft. Because when we were growing up, the first thing I would do is look out my bedroom window, and if the sidewalks were not plowed, school was canceled. And then you'd see this little sidewalk plow thing coming down the road, and man, it used to piss you off so much. <laughs> oh, you just hated those days when you get like eight inches. This isn't a dusting of snow. This would be like eight inches of snow, and you'd still have school. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, that ain't happening around here, bro. Yeah, that's not the South. <laughs>
2: well, just wait until the Super Bowl comes back there, boys, and we'll be dealing with a nice storm again.
0: (laughs) That's the truth, you know? All right, Arch, we appreciate it, man. Yep, see you guys. All right, see you. There he is, our ESPN NFL insider, Todd Archer. and Yeah, I thought that was wild, man. We're sitting here doing the podcast, talking to Arch, and this breaking news, Peyton going to Denver, which is interesting because Denver, you know, they had traded their original draft pick, so they don't have – seattle has their their pick which was is like in the top five i think it's five actually and so then through another trade that they had made denver actually owns the 29th pick so they are sending this year's 29th overall pick to new orleans and then they don't have a second round pick this year so they are sending a second round pick in 2024 to new orleans in exchange for sean payton so we'll see how it works out and then Demeco ryan's they also announced just now that he is the new head football coach of the Houston Texans. He's getting a six-year deal to take over in Houston for, I mean, quite honestly, what has really kind of been one of the more dysfunctional franchises in the last few years.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has. But they got draft picks. They got cap room. And if they can ever get some direction, and I don't know that they can, then, um, you know, they'll be able to make it happen.
0: Yeah, we'll see. And and obviously, he's that next guy up. You know, Robert Salah, the defensive coordinator from San Francisco, goes to the Jets, and now he's going to the Houston Texans to take over. And we'll see if he can build something there. But to your point, I mean, they are loaded with draft picks, and they will be able to have their choice, well— not their choice of quarterback. They'll have to see if they can get the number one pick that they gave away in the final game of the season to have their choice of quarterback. Or they can stay at two and have whatever, whoever ends up trading for the first pick doesn't get. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I was going to say that was, that was Levy Smith's you know, ultimate revenge there. I guess so, man. Something. No, I think he knew he was fired, and I don't think he liked the way it went down. So he's like, well, I got a chance. So, uh, hey, let me stick it to you, buddy.
0: Yeah, we'll see. And, you know, I meant to bring this up when we were talking to Arch because I did find it interesting. You know, it's too bad the Cowboys got rid of an offensive line coach that had two Pro Bowlers on his offensive line this year. (laughs) I mean, everybody knows that Zach Martin was named to the Pro Bowl. I don't know how many people realize this. Tyler Biotish is has been named to the Pro Bowl.
1: Bro, you know, Tyler Biotish, uh, you know, first off, they aren't even having a Pro Bowl. So I guess it's, you get a free trip to Hawaii to. Well, whatever it is, he's going. He's going. But how about this, man? Tyler Huntley was named to the Pro Bowl. He of the two touchdown passes in Baltimore. Dude. And at that point, I just got to say, what, what are we doing?
0: that is really what are we
1: doing that is because
0: the three players named the pro bowl originally were pat mahomes josh allen and joe burrow pat mahomes is going to the super bowl allen has an injury and burrow has what they're they're saying is an excused absence so there are six pro bowl quarterbacks in the afc this year because the original three none of them are going so they named tyler huntley trevor lawrence and Derek carr as replacements you know just stop just, just stopped just, at least at least with Tyler bionish it's only because Jason Kelsey is going to the Super Bowl like he was the next guy up he's the third center not the sixth so that's pretty cool
1: now he got a, clearly he got a lot of respect
0: so good for Tyler bionish going to the Pro Bowl and that my friends will wrap it up for us we'll be back in a couple of days and the NFL never stops it never stops. What are the Cowboys going to do An offensive coordinator? How is this all going to play out? We will trust me. We will be following along just like all of you and bringing it to you. I will say this. I thought it was really interesting because I, Arch is the first person that I, that I have heard that has said that, to his understanding, McCarthy is not guaranteed to be calling plays next year.
1: It was a little itchy about that, too.
0: Yeah, I, I hadn't seen that anywhere. So no, but, I don't I uh, wonder if he was breaking a little news for us on here cuz I just scrolled through his Twitter again I was like man I don't remember him saying anything about that and I hadn't seen that anywhere so Todd Archer telling us and you heard it here on the podcast that it is not it, it it's stop assuming McCarthy's calling the plays cuz they haven't made that decision yet.
1: Yeah, I think that's an assumption cuz I was going through and seeing who said he's going to call plays cuz that's cuz that always matters who said it. Uh And, you know, whether people said it or whether, oh, well, I thought David David Moore
0: Moore reported it. Yeah, Mike McCarthy to call plays. That's what I thought. So it's very, it's really, because I hadn't seen anybody saying that it's not going to be McCarthy. And so the fact that Archer's like, well, the people I talked to were saying they haven't decided yet. I thought that was really interesting because nobody else is saying that. And Todd's tied in and knows what he's talking about. And you heard it first here on Jam Session. Yeah. Head coach Mike McCarthy will assume play calling duties in the wake of Moore's departure. A person with knowledge of the shakeup told the news. Interesting. That's what I thought. Yeah. And Arch got all test to me. was like, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I read it incorrectly, but I did read it right. And it was the old man David Moore. Yes, you are correct. Ha. So that is really interesting all right well thanks for listening thanks for listening to the jam session podcast make sure to find us on instagram at jam session cast of course you can also find us on twitter at mcmatt radio and at jjt underscore journalist our podcast is sponsored by greening law a personal injury law firm in dallas texas greening law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal give them a call at 972-934-8900 greening law office dallas texas